0: Debbie Addis. welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we are going to talk about uh, James O'Keefe Strikes Again, uh, Democrat Act Blue alleged money laundering, can't wait to tell you about that. Uh, We have Sam Faddis joining us via Skype. He's joined us in the show in the past, he spoke actually at our summit last year, an extraordinary expert on national security, former CIA operative. Um, And then we have a Texas to-do list item, short item about what's going on in Texas. And finally, I hope to get to it today, the CBDC uh, unfolding issue in America, as my name for it, communist banking digital control, it's coming, and we need to be on top of it. So, that, my very fine friends, what are we talk about today, talk. on America, can we talk? I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare, freedom race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. And hello again, and welcome to America Can We Talk? And to today's first five, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. We have a great guest joining us in just a moment, so I'll keep my first five very short. James O'Keefe, formerly of Project Veritas, now in a new organization, which he created himself, has the acronym OMG, O'Keefe Media Group, has an explosive story out. We have short, short clips, but here's a quick summary. James O'Keefe got data about a Democrat campaign organization is called act blue you often see them advertised they raise money for many many democrat causes and candidates he took the information information act blue reported about their donors and saw that there were very large donations made by some people and actually and some of them a series of many many donations in, in the you know thousands within one year so just took that information, knocked on the front door of these homes because they give a name and an address, and say, you know, hello, Mrs. So and So. Did you actually really donate last year? You know, $178,000 over uh, 25 donations. Uh, those are, you know, my numbers, but they're they're like that. To ask him essentially, did you really do this? And the uh, answers he got at the door were quite amazing. We have a quick quick clip to play, please, Emilio. No, that is that is. Yeah. Which number? Do we have it? We don't have this. Okay, you do not have it. Um, women. Yeah. See, uh, for first five. Okay, we don't have it. I'll just tell you about it. Here's a short story. James O'Keefe is knocking on people's doors, essentially saying, "Did you last year donate, you know, x amount of dollars, large dollar donations, and uh, numerous donations made within a calendar year?" It was two interesting observations he came up with. Number one, everyone who answered their door, at least in a little clip he had available, everyone said, uh, you know, yes, I actually did donate to ActBlue. I I donate to them to help the Democrats. But then he said, well, did you donate whatever the amount was, really large amounts of money. And these are, as you can see in the video, very modest homes. These are not people making $200,000 donations to ActBlue. And... The people would say, No, I only donated a few times or hardly at all. And then at the end of it all, you know, they, they don't have any idea why all those donations would have been attributed to their address. What James O'Keefe is uncovering appears to be a money laundering operation, meaning donors who want to have the do- donations appear to come from common everyday citizens going through act blue are really donations that and they're attributed to these individual homeowners uh the donations are being hidden the source of the donations hidden so that when uh it's reported it sounds like a lot of small dollar people made a lot of big donations and um and, and it turns out it appears not to be true at all we're going to follow this story this is james O'Keefe's first story out after he's left Project Veritas, and created his own organization, again with the acronym OMG, uh, which stands for O'Keeffe Media Group. But the final point in the first five, and what I want, why I wanna talk about today, because it segues well into the next segment in our interview with uh, an amazing, uh, really an American hero, and a very brave, outspoken American, uh, who's joining us in just a moment via Skype, Sam Faddis, he's a, he's a former um, clandestine CA operative. But the question about what James O'Keefe has uncovered is this. Just suppose he really does uncover a large money laundering operation that literally millions are pouring in to act blue to make their way to Democrat candidates and, and liberal causes and they're not valid, they're not real donations made by the people whose names are, are, are appear to be uh, the, the donor. Who is it in America? Who in America is going to investigate this? Who in America, in the government, is going to care? We are talking now, uh, Congress is looking into the weaponization of government against the people. We have many people, myself included, very concerned that it seems as though our law enforcement agencies, the DOJ, the FBI, are simply in a mode of, go, of going after political opponents. It is a politicization of our government against the, uh, the opponents, the political opponents of the, of the current regime. That's what it feels like and seems like. So if you have all this uncovered, uncovered by James O'Keefe and whoever else his organization is, who exactly is it in America who's going to even investigate, determine if crimes are committed, and ultimately who's going to attempt to hold anyone connected with Act Blue, anyone orchestrating these donations, all on the Democrat side, who's going to hold them accountable? And this is a prime example, a great example, of what I mean when I talk about on the show that if we don't see any prosecutions, which I predict we will not, it is the loss of the rule of law, a loss of the blind justice concept that preserved America for so long, a loss of expectation of the people that we actually have a country where the law matters and is applied equally to all. And this is a, a very, very significant um, change a very, a very significant um, damage to America, the unique, extraordinary, and great. And that, my very fine friends, is today's First five. So, I mentioned we have Sam Faddis joining us. Um, he is a um, based back east, and very quickly about him, he. I, I love the um, description of him that I sometimes used when he's interviewed in Frank Gaffney's show. He uh, talks with him uh, as a former clandestine CIA operative. I love that. But very quickly, what his uh, life story is all about. He did serve in the CIA uh, for a a very long tenure. Um, He's a retired CIA operations officer, also a published author. Uh, He's a national security commentator, interviewed frequently with Frank Gaffney and a variety of programs that Frank Gaffney puts on. He's joined us in our show, and he's also spoke at our third annual Women for Freedom Summit last year. was really uh, among, well, we had great speakers. They were all great speakers, but among the great speakers, they're really uh, deeply informative, serious, substantive. Just a, a great presentation by him tied into the national security component of that summit. He's also a writer. He has, uh, originally it was the AND Magazine, now it is the AND, like A-N-D-AND Substack. And um, I subscribe to it. I urge you to do that as well. And magazine.substack.com. He writes about all sorts of issues that really impact America's future and um, the future really of our um, freedom and our uh, very existence of America. So welcome to the show, Sam Faddis.
1: Thank you. Great to be back. Thank you very much.
0: Great to see you, sir. Well, I'm going to tell you that... um, we had a little misfire in the segment i was going to show and the first i had a little thing with um, james o'keefe which you might have been able to see what we're going to i took a look this morning listened again at the interview you did with frank gaffney i think it was like three months ago or so uh talking about the uh situation america faces now that more of us are aware and and the reality that was uncovered by the hunter biden laptop contents on this show on uh, two weeks ago, Thursday, I think it was, we had Garrett Ziegler join us, who's essentially reduced the entire contents of the Hunter Biden laptop into a very, very thick book, spelling out all of the connections between Hunter Biden and various officials in China. The Hunter Biden laptop story really led all of us to realize how much connection there is between the Biden family and the, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party. So um, I want to think, I, sa- I think I want two, um, let me just just start by asking you this. I assume you've reviewed a lot of the concerns raised uh, it, by people who are exposing the Hunter Biden laptop. And I want to just start with the issue that I kind of closed the first five with. Do you feel concerned that given the present state of government in America, we won't have anyone in the positions of authority, the national law enforcement agencies, who will actually look into the danger posed uh, and the content of Hunter Biden's laptop. Are you concerned about whether our government will adequately investigate that?
1: Yeah, Uh, my hesitation is caused by the fact that the the word concern seems inadequate in in this situation. And I should say that I have a copy of, of Hunter's hard drive and I've had it uh, for quite some quite some time, I was one of the first individuals actually to look at the hard drive because I was asked very early on to address the concern that possibly this is a plant, it's a fabrication. Somebody's playing us. It was uh, the short version is it was essentially immediately obvious that that was not what this was, that it was legitimate in any contention otherwise was just trying to throw people off the scent. So I've had an opportunity, you know, that's that's both in a good, a good in a and a horrifying thing to to look at the contents of that laptop. And I mean, I I tell you, as a guy who was, I mean, my job as an intelligence officer was not to sit behind a desk somewhere in Washington. I spent almost my whole career downrange, and my job was to basically, I mean, a variety of components to the job of a CIA case officer, right? But your number one job is to recruit sources inside the enemy recruit al-qaeda guys russian intelligence officers turn them to go to work for us that's that's what you really get paid to do so when i talk about this business of espionage i'm talking about it as somebody who did this for a very long time i think pretty effectively what you see when you look at that laptop screams chinese espionage it doesn't just scream I mean it screams a lot of things. Uh, Hunter's got a lot of issues, but forget for a second the prostitution, the cocaine, and, and just general corruption. I mean what you see at the heart of this, the most damning thing is massive amounts of money flowing from guys who are who are Chinese intelligence to Hunter. And let's be clear, nobody pays Hunter Biden anything Right, Hunter has no visible skills. got thrown out of the Navy for cocaine use. So he is, as Rudy Giuliani has said, a bag man. He's a conduit. So when you're handing millions to Hunter, you're buying something. The only thing Hunter ever had to sell was Dad, the current occupant of the Oval Office. So that's tens of millions of dollars from guys who are directly wired to chinese intelligence straight to the man currently sitting in the oval office now what we ought to be seeing is red lights flashing in every counterintelligence agency in the American united states government screaming good lord this could be the worst counterintelligence issue we've ever faced and as you've already suggested yeah, nothing Right, the FBI had the laptop before anybody else had the laptop and they haven't moved a muscle and they are. Formally and legally the number one counterintelligence agency, this is their ball. To do this and they're ignoring what could be the greatest counterintelligence problem we've ever faced.
0: You made one point in that interview with um, Frank Gaffney, and I know um, I I haven't played that interview many times, honestly, because it was so informative. Uh, You made one point there too about how the CCP or anyone running a counterintelligence operation and paying money to their target does not continue paying money over time if that person never responds to what they're being asked to do. I mean, I, I don't have your exact language, but the gist of it was obviously when Biden's receiving this money through Hunter, it keeps on coming in because he's in some way complying with what the chinese the ccp wants them to do can you elaborate on that
1: yeah well the first thing people should understand is that contrary to hollywood's perception intelligence agencies are cheap like they are tight with their money the amount of money you pay sources to take enormous risk is ridiculously small i won't go into the specifics but the average american's perception of how much money is changing hands typically is grossly exaggerated. So when you're paying somebody millions of dollars, we are now into the stratosphere. This is something massive. And exactly as you said, the CCP, the communist Chinese may be many things. They are not fools. They are not easily parted from your cash. If the guy is, if you you hand a million dollars to Hunter because he's wired directly to Joe, and you think this is so big that let's take a shot and see if he'll produce, okay, maybe even then, a million dollars is huge. But let's just assume that's true. Exactly as you've said. These guys are not clowns. You handed Hunter a million bucks. Nothing came back in return for that money. You don't hand him another million dollars, much less tens of millions of dollars. You don't keep shoveling good money after bad, as we used to say. It's not the way this works. man. I mean, espionage is a very, very hard-nosed business right I mean in all respects it is uh, there's there's no room for playing around wishing hoping you know it's it this is a tough world so when you got the Communist Chinese shovel and tens of million dollars downrange yeah you better believe they are they are getting something in return and the other thing that I think I've said to said before but I think bears worth emphasis here. Intelligence, and there's no reason the average person should know this because most people don't spend a lot of time messing around the world of espionage, right? They have better things to do, like live in, in normal life. Intelligence agencies really don't deal in blackmail as a general proposition. I'm not saying it's never done. A guy who's being blackmailed is not a particularly cooperative and useful source. So you got to effectively, figuratively hold a gun to his head. I'm speaking metaphorically. That's kind of a balky source, that's not the way this goes. And you don't pay somebody money in the hope that maybe someday they'll kind of look kindly on your country. That's what diplomats do, right? They grant money to president of some country and hope he helps us. Intelligence agencies gain control over people, and that's the word they use. If you don't control your asset, he's not an asset. In CIA, if I claim I recruited some guy, and he doesn't dance to the tune I play, he is not my source. Now exactly how that plays out in the real world, that depends on the situation. It doesn't mean you have to be barking at the guy all the time, but the point is, however you play it, you pull the strings and he moves. That's what the end state is. So the end state is not, when I, when I keep screaming about the danger here that we ought to be looking into, The danger is not that maybe Biden will be soft on China. We already know that's true. The danger is that he does what they tell him to do, exactly in those terms.
0: So, Sam, you know, this is, uh, I mean, on this show, as you likely would imagine, I've talked about China many times, had other experts on that we, you and I both know, uh, to talk about China as a significant threat to America's security and as and a, a significant uh, player in the world in terms of their determination to become the world's single superpower to replace America as a as a as any sort of a, a world leader to weaken America and I had this thought driving in which it isn't on my list of questions but I'm just gonna tell you so here in America we have China on the move we have China talking about strengthening their military uh, building up their military equipment and 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 um, Jets, any kind of equipment they have, strengthening their military, threatening about wanting to take back control of Taiwan. At the same time, you see America, we have the embarrassment of our exit from Afghanistan under this president. We have the the just, uh, I don't even know what, feminization of America's military, the weakening of America's military, the preoccupation with pronouns and DEI, inclusion and diversity conversation. And so it's being weakened in terms of a fighting force. I mean, is China almost looking at America, this is my question, almost looking at America, like maybe we don't even have to really have do anything military at all. They're collapsing from within. I mean, do you see America as collapsing under the Biden administration in terms of our strength and our national security strength? Yes,
1: again, in a word. I mean, look, here's what I think people have to understand. We are already at war with the Chinese. And just to be clear, that's not that this, there's no ethnic element to this, right? This is the Chinese Communist Party, a totalitarian organization. The first victims of the Chinese Communist Party are the over 1 billion Chinese that wake up every morning in that hell, okay? So this has nothing to do with Chinese people as an ethnicity. This is a communist totalitarian regime Brutalizes its own people and the people of all the areas they have occupied and now declared to be part of China We are already at war with them They already started the war now. We're not shooting back and they are not fighting it as a conventional war right now That does not change the reality and if you read anything Like with a lot of our enemies you listen to them and read what they write and there aren't any great mysteries. They say this over and over and over that this they, that they regard this as part of a conflict. This war by other means, this war short of conventional means, does not change the fact that it's a war. So they are at war with us and right now they're winning that war and we're choosing not to respond. I mean along the way I would submit to you that they discovered that the weak spot of any capitalist or uh, entity is greed, right? So right now, what they're really playing on is that one way or the other, either formally recruited or co-opted, they got a lot of people in the United States who effectively are on their side. I mean, if we had any sense, we would be disentangling from the Communist Chinese and 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 moving our industry either back here or to friendly countries but one way or other we'd be decoupling right because this is crazy and uh why aren't we doing that because people are getting filthy rich off of doing business with the communist chinese party
0: totally agree there was under president trump an effort to um, hold Chinese companies accountable. They're trading our stock exchanges to say you have to comply with the same rules everybody else does. I mean, they, it was an effort to really just, just even the score or, or have them treated evenly. And uh, that was a Trump initiative because he began to recognize the danger that China poses. But I'm getting at the idea, Biden, through his, uh, you know, his presidency, whether who's really pulling the strings, I don't know, but through his presidency and their policies, they are america's being weakened by failing to act in response by failing to strengthen ourselves by failing to keep our military strong we're signaling we're pretty much surrendering to you china already and, and is that too strong to say
1: no it's not too strong i mean i would submit to anybody who's skeptical about this and i obviously encourage skepticism think for yourself make a list of every decision biden has made again i'm mean, biden or whoever's pulling biden's whoever's telling biden what to do every decision this administration has made since day one that bears on national security and foreign policy and identify for me a single one of them that was to the detriment of xi jinping and the chinese communist party if you can find one you found one that i've never found every once in a while biden will announce something like we're sending arms to taiwan so you know my response would be a when you have a source and he's in place and you don't want him to be immediate, I mean, every once in a while, he's got to make some noises. This is actually a Chinese doctrine, too. He's got to make some noises like he's not your boy, basically. To, but secondly, all of that stuff is meaningless, because if look at the fine print, Biden announces we're sending, name a piece of military hardware to, to Taiwan. Well, you know what? It's not there. And the expected delivery date is always twenty you know 27 28 29 so it makes a great press release and it lets him sound tough and it doesn't amount to anything the taiwanese actually have in hand right now it doesn't help them one bit
0: staggering uh, to hear all this i do want to talk about our federal agencies but uh, one more th- or two maybe two more things about china when china makes this the you know saber rattling noises or it makes the serious noises it makes I, I love your point that Biden has to sound occasionally like he's responding, like he's, oh yeah, we get it. They're gonna go after Taiwan, Taiwan's our ally. But you're actually saying that the statements he makes about or the implication about sending weapons and defending, helping Taiwan, it's just kind of, it, it's farcical, it, it's really false. The weaponry we will forward to them will not be available to them you know in the next several years giving china plenty of time to take over so it's really a it's a lying or misrepresentation to the american people when the biden team says oh don't worry we're sending weapons to taiwan they're they're misleading america the american people about their commitment to fight china correct
1: yeah i mean and, and there are many other elements to this but you know look we just drew down we're shoveling everything we have to the ukrainians Okay, I'm no friend of, friend of Vladimir Putin. He's a thug and he's getting what he deserved in Ukraine. But the bottom line is we are literally emptying our mil, our war stocks of munitions to ship to Ukraine. And we're taking them out of prepositioned war stocks all over the planet in addition. So for instance, we're shipping huge quantities of, of munitions and arms out of our prepositioned war stocks in South Korea, there in East Asia and sending them to Ukraine. We've done the same thing in Israel, done the same thing in Kuwait, same thing in Germany. So not only is he not sending stuff to the Taiwanese, but when and if the balloon goes up and you're in a shooting war with the Chinese, you're going to find that American infantry divisions are being deployed and being told uh, we don't have any javelin missiles left. We don't have any stinger missiles left. Uh, we don't have enough artillery shells. And the, the production timeline to replenish this is insane. Like in one case, I think it's stingers. The estimate is it will take 13 years for us to replace all the stingers we've given away already. So this isn't like place an order and next month we'll be good to go. This is like a decade window of vulnerability unless something dramatic changes in which our men and women are going to die as a consequence of this.
0: And this is a a serious conversation. I I have so many directions I want to go. Um, One is I I want to just have you confirm, I understood from what you, from other interviews you've done, uh, that because of the money Joe Biden has accepted, uh, has been funneled to him as spelled out in the Hunter Biden laptop and all those emails, you consider Joe Biden a controlled asset of the CCP. Is that correct?
1: That's That's my opinion. But here's the real bottom line for me, Debbie. Could there be anything more dangerous to the future of the republic than having a compromised president? I mean, I hate to use that term in reference to Biden, but that's what he currently is. Okay, so at a minimum, let's just be as fair as possible. Shouldn't we really resolve this issue? I mean, I'm not trying to be snarky, but if with all the facts we got on the table, I don't think we ought to, shouldn't we drill down and run? The FBI should sort of shelve anything else until we have completed an investigation. And if it turns out that I'm wrong and Joe Biden is not working for the Chinese, fantastic. I'm not going to say, oh darn, I'm going to say, thank God, right? But we can't really just sort of guess about whether or not the fact that he took $31 million from the communist Chinese is significant. We should probably figure that out.
0: This is what I want to get to. So we now have you know, Christopher Wray still heads up the FBI, Bill Burns heading up the CIA, um, and, and Avril Haines heading up the, uh, as DNI, Director of National Intelligence. Do you have any perception any of those agencies are investigating not just the laptop itself, but the implications in the laptop, the idea that Biden has been receiving money from China? Is anyone investigating, to your knowledge?
1: no and i feel pretty confident in saying because of my involvement with the laptop and saying I i would be stunned to find out that anybody's investigating i can essentially guarantee you nobody is investigating but let's let's be real william burns himself right over at cia look into his background he also has been completely in bed with the communist chinese and was involved with their intelligence service before he came to cia Avril Haines claimed to fame as she used to run a bookstore in Fells Point in Baltimore, specialized in readings of erotic literature. So, I mean, whatever, that's that's her business. But that doesn't exactly qualify you to be the nation's top spy, which is theoretically what she is. I mean, we go on down this list and not only do you have compromised people, but you have people with no background and no competence. There are. There isn't anybody in here who's a pro who's really gonna go after this issue or even knows what to do if they were inclined to do so.
0: Quickly for radio listeners, you're gonna go off on a break at 30 minutes past the hour. You wanna come back, you do not go away for three minutes You come back to americacannuitalk.org. You can stay right with us for this interview. We, um, during the break, we have lots more of great and important information to cover. So, uh, and we're speaking with Sam Fattis, an astoundingly important former uh, re, uh, retired CIA operations officer, uh, and uh, amazing history as a patriot. So, Sam, I listened to what you're saying, and I, I this is exactly. I, I, um, sadly, you're not really surprising me. I mean, I read so much. I realize that we are in peril in America because we have at least a compromise, if not a complete uh, controlled asset running the country, as sitting in the presidency. We have the federal agencies who should be in charge, someone should be taking charge of looking into what the laptop said, what the payments were uh, that flowed from the CCP and other organizations in China to Biden, and no one seems to be looking into this, except with the exception of the Republican majority in the House is trying to do an investigation related to China, but this is my kind of, uh, you know, long shot question to you or just kind of open-ended, how does this end? How do we get out of this? How do we get back control of our country out of the CCP and out of China's hands? Well,
1: in terms of how it, where we have to go, let me put it to you that way, in my opinion, is in regard to the CCP and China, we gotta go back to the root of this issue. We climbed in bed economically with a totalitarian Chinese communist regime decades ago. That was an insane decision. Now, it was sold to people on a variety of bases, principally the Chinese will become more liberal and turn into a democratic country if we trade with them. I don't know. I mean, some people probably believed that I think for a lot of other people, it was a way to sell it because they figured they were going to make a lot of money, which they did. But think of it at the height of the cold war face to face with the soviets would we have ever said you know i think it'd be a really good idea if we became completely economically dependent on the soviet union that'll turn out well i mean you would have been laughed out of the room You're like, these guys are our mortal enemies why would we make them richer and stronger and yet that's what we've done with the communist chinese for decades now and that's exactly what we've done we've made the dragon a lot bigger and a lot stronger and we're getting perilously close to the day when we're going to fight a war with them and we're going to lose. Not fight a war and get tired of it and go home like Afghanistan, but we're going to fight a war and have somebody else dictate terms to us of of, of surrender because we're going to get whipped. So we got to change course at that level, at that basic level, decouple from these guys and say, no, man, you cannot keep feeding the beast and not think that you're gonna pay the price.
0: Uh, could not agree more. I'm so grateful for all that you're contributing. I do want to turn briefly and talk about our, uh, in America, our military, our, our weapon, how much we have, how much we've given away to Ukraine. And also really, we, the Strategic Petroleum Reserve has been drained, which is another element that is supposed to be available to America in emergencies so we can protect ourselves, not that we can drain it and give it to others. So, you know, America is shipping things, as you say, not really helping Taiwan, but we are shipping uh, all sorts of equipment to Ukraine and money. Um, and so literally your knowledge of where we stand, how underarmed is America if we really end up in a battle right now with China? Is it, have we really depleted the vital weapons uh, and equipment that a mil- the military needs to fight a war?
1: Yes. Again, in a word. I mean, look, there was a recent study by one of the think tanks in Washington, D.C., that went into detail on this. But just as an example, they ran a war game of us. You know, what's going to happen if we face off of the CCP? They concluded that the Navy runs out of long range missiles in one week. Okay, And again, the production timelines on these weapons are crazy long so you don't place an order and tomorrow a a package shows up and you got more long-range missiles you place an order and if you're lucky next year or a couple of years from now you replenish your stock that's that's where we are we are not ready and we've so depleted our industrial base we do not have the capacity to replenish so these are critical lifeblood kind of things that we need to be focused on we are not you can pick, what, you can decide that the Biden administration is the most incompetent in American history or entertain the possibility that you're looking at malfeasance. I don't think there's any question about the danger. But, the
0: dan- you know, Sorry, that's ahead. where we are. Yeah, the danger is staggering. And when I think about the issues that do occupy the minds and hearts of many Americans, and many issues matter, this isn't the only issue that matters. But if every American had to sit and listen to this interview, and read your columns. Again, for my listeners, You, I urge you strongly to subscribe to the AND Substack, uh, which is written by Sam Faddis. And again, it's just andmagazine.substack.com. Just just I, I love reading everything he writes. Very, very informative. Um, and yet America's just, we, we get kind of uh, baited into following, you know, it's like the old thing about saying squirrel, we follow this issue, this issue. And what we're talking about really, it, it is, really the survival of America as a free and sovereign nation versus the, the growing power of the Chinese communists who are now allying themselves with Russia because they, are, because they can and because we don't seem to be a, um, an impediment to that. And we have a president who is at very, very best compromised, if not an actual asset. So I mean, these are the most serious issues imaginable. I don't know if you have time to talk about one more issue. I know I told you 30 minutes. Are, do you have a little more time or not?
1: Yes, ma'am, for you always. <laughs>
0: Well, I thank you so much. I always, honestly, when you're talking, I'm always like, I gotta take notes. You turn to a topic that I'm gonna, I talked about yesterday and again, I'm gonna turn to tomorrow, which is, uh, later today, which is this idea is one thing It's bad enough to contemplate bombs and bullets and, and, and a physical war, a horrific war, and, I, and you've said and others in the show and I've said, you know, we are already at war with China but part of what the under down taking down of america involves is really the marxist ideology weaving it's just snake you know like a snake weaving its way into our culture our media our colleges academia government everywhere and one way it's being manifested right now is this just astoundingly violent pro-trans agenda and your one column uh, fairly recent you wrote was called the next phase of the war trans terrorism and I, I love the point about you know being sympath- being drawn in to discuss transgenderism. Uh, the left, uh, uh, the Marxists have it, they do on most issues, they've structured it politically in our country, so you're either sympathetic to these poor people who are born this way and you can't help themselves, or you know, you're either sympathetic or you're mean and you're a hater. And people trying to step back from the immediacy of that issue and talk about this issue being presented to America as part of a takedown of America is vital to understand. I'd love to have you, if you could, just address, just in a summary way, what you had to say in that column.
1: Well, let me say up front, I worked a lot of targets when I was undercover, but one of the, early on in my career, I worked a lot of Marxist-Leninist terrorism back in the day when we were dealing with guys like the Red Brigades and Bader meinhof And by working that, I mean, that means spending a huge amount of time on the street with these guys immersed in this stuff. So. I've seen this movie before, right? I've spent years of my life in this Marxist Leninist milieu circulating with this. So I I've seen the game plan. I know the game plan. That's exactly what you're looking at. This is a Marxist revolution. Now, everybody who supports trans rights, does that mean they're Marxist? Not what I'm saying. I'm saying because a lot of people get sucked into this and support it for other reasons. But at the heart of this, that's what this deal is. It is a Marxist revolution in it. And where we are is. You define your enemy as the problem so they are they're not terrorists they're fighting back against i don't know this mythical white supremacist organization that is hunting them and killing them there is in their terms they say this expressly a genocide right now against trans people forget the facts it doesn't matter that there is no genocide and we all all rational people know that they have defined it as such and in marxist terms they own the language so that's where you are so There's a genocide in their world and they're being victimized and they're being killed. And all of that is done very deliberately because why? Because it means you are now justified in using violence in response. You have defined your enemy as bad and you are fine. So as they shoot up schools or blow up churches, which is likely coming and all of this stuff. It will be defined in their terms as they are saving themselves. And in the article we wrote, we try to put a lot of video content in there. You don't like basically don't take my word for it. Listen to these guys. Uh, Listen to some of those clips because they say pretty clearly, uh, we got to kill these people. We got to kill what they call the cisgender people because they're oppressing us. And that sounds crazy and it is crazy, but it's also real. That's where we are.
0: You mentioned that every, not everyone involved in advocating for the transgender advocacy movement um, is, is a Marxist, necessarily. And I, you know, maybe you don't use this term as, as often as I do, but I do think the, the thought manipulators are up there controlling everything, controlling what they're going to try to shift society to believe and think. And they have willing and advocates in the propaganda media repeating all the lines. Many people get drawn in, they are innocent. They're the, you know, expression from Lenin, the useful idiots, they get drawn in and think they're really standing up for something. They're trying to help the downtrodden. And so they really have a sense of, and this has been instilled in these young people who are not just considering transgenderism, but who are actually outraged that anyone would dare question them or disagree with them. And then they, so they have instilled outrage a- and instilled belief is who they are, instilled outrage, and it justifies a- anything, including what you're getting at just this, this in- in horribly, horrible shooting in Nashville uh, at a private Christian school uh, by a graduate who was, I, I guess, female and, and wanted to pretend she was a guy. But th- there was the instilling of anger and division, it is ultimately an attack, I think, on Christianity, on families and Christianity. Your thought about that?
1: There is no question about that. Look, Marxist ideology, which I mean, forget the theory of originally, as it exists, totalitarian Marxism, you have to stand naked before the state, meaning you have to atomize society. Each individual must be, you so you have to destroy the family, you have to destroy religion, you have to destroy any other power block or grouping or entity in society so that each individual is themselves alone and as I say, naked before the state. There's, so anything that is an alternative to the state, parents, family units, you must destroy it. This is not a byproduct, this is not an accident. Again, good Lord, God knows how many nights into the wee hours of the morning, have I sat with the guys preaching this many years ago? This is playbook. We've seen this all over the world. This is how you do it.
0: Uh, Sam, you know what? We are um, out of time, but except to say, I want to urge our listeners. I mentioned these great articles at AND Magazine. One, uh, the, again, Com. One great article about the weaponry that's been unloaded at, um, into Ukraine, uh, causing us to be... Um, weaker and, and not armed sufficiently. You have a great article called the playbook, how China buys governments, which is like, it should be like the introductory class is just take a look at the Hunter Biden laptop. That's how China buys governments. One, another one about the locally, Michigan, I mean, in America, Michigan invites the CCP to set up shop, how more useful idiots on campuses think they're somehow helping. Um, and actually even the government, they're doing it. So you just, uh, I thank you so much for all you write, all you do. Um, you're just a fount of knowledge and, uh, and I'm th- glad you had time to join us today. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thank you. Always good Good to be here.
0: Great to see you, sir. Okay, I'm telling you folks, we could talk for two more hours. His writing is extraordinary. His his life experience, I really barely covered the surface because I wanted to leave time to talk with him, but he's a guy who's a, he was the first. He's, he led the first CIA team into Iraq nine months in, va- in ahead of the 2003 invasion, as you heard, he's worked undercover, underground, all over the world, working with people. I mean, the guy is a fount of knowledge, not just about movements and countries in the world um, and, and what they're up to, what they believe in, but in the, uh, in the understanding of and trying to expose to America what the Chinese and largely and, la- and larger, the Marxist ideology is doing to America. We're being manipulated into foolishness and destruction uh, and, and all, and as you hear the last little topic, all while claiming they are trying to help and just kind of the, the uh, whole transgender movement being just one piece of that uh, that the left is up to. Uh, I'm just so grateful for that guy. He's just a great guy. Okay, once again, we won't get to all our topics. This is kind of my theme. But I'm so glad he was available. I did not want to um, cut him short. I'm gonna do a very quick uh, spiel I wanna tell you something about. So this is just in Texas, but wherever you live, this is happening in your legislatures. In the great state of Texas, we only have, our legislature only meets for six months every other year. So right now we're in session and everybody who's a huge activist is down in Austin or working to support some different things in Austin one thing that's going on this week there is a bill pending attempting essentially to uh for the legislature to vote to say that they uh, to um, end and i'm gonna tell you the exact language to prevent doctors this is a bill uh, actually i rarely do this on this show and urge some activism it is and uh, to um impact children this is bill hb 1686 the bill if passed would prohibit physicians and healthcare providers from administering genital manipulation of, you know, of children, would end the uh, gender, you know, just the, the transgender attack on children occurring in the public schools. They say it in a nicer way, but they say it would prohibit physicians and healthcare providers from administering, quote, gender affirming, close quote, unquote, medical care, which means mutilation of bodies of young children and it means, uh, and so basically it would stop that in Texas, um, and there are other states who passed this bill. I want to make three points about this and then show you, tell you something. One is that the issue I talked about yesterday, the idea that in trans, the whole transgender movement, again, this is a Marxist movement, it is not born of legitimacy, and, and it's not born, is not organic, it's not real in terms of a phenomenon occurring bio, biologically. It's a movement, but it's one thing f- to say transgenderism means it's a boy who wants to be a girl, or a girl who wants to be a boy. It's another thing, what the, what the Marxist ideology has contorted us into thinking, which is gender ideology, that means that your gender, everyone's gender, is whatever you think it is, and it can be changed anytime with easily no problem at all. So gender ideology is a shift in thought away from acknowledging reality, which is boy become a girl girl become a boy to gender ideology meaning everyone's gender is just simply a choice they make. Number 2, there are cases all over the country involving young people who have gone through gender transition because they get literally propagandized in their schools, in their communities into thinking that all gender ever really is is just something I believe in. So you know, my teacher talked me into it. So we have you have young people, you have kids in their late teens, early 20s lamenting they have destroyed their bodies. They have disfigured themselves. They've destroyed their bodies. They're psychologically ruined. They're they're devastated. All this bill is saying in Texas and most other states is let's not let young people who really don't know themselves yet, let's not let them harm themselves. Let's not let doctors and physicians and these uh, gender mutilation centers uh, take control of these kids when they're very young. I thought of an analogy earlier this morning you know if your five-year-old came to you or your ten-year-old came to you and said you know i'm thinking i want to be a motorcycle uh, racer when i grow up that's what i want to do i want to race and motorcycle races so take me to the track i'll give me a motorcycle i'm going to start racing uh, and the racing motorcycles you would say to your five or your 10 year old you know what maybe when you're an adult you can make a decision but you right now don't know all the dangers. You're unable to appreciate the danger that motorcycle racing involves. And so we, as your parents need to protect you. So we're not going to indulge in this dangerous thing, which will be there later if you want it. But right now at this young, tender age, we cannot sanction this. We, we can't be okay with this. The same reason that you wouldn't let your five or 10 or frankly, even 15 year old engage in motorcycle racing or in you know tra- drag racing or racing on track because you know it's dangerous and they're not old enough to appreciate the consequences it's the same thing with this gender transition thing but I'll tell you what's happening in texas all you people all of america you might think well texas it's really conservative there here's what's happening in texas so the bill pending all it says is that gender mutilation or gender affirming care which is the euphemistic contortion that the advocates have created, the name they've created, the bill just says, you know, we're not gonna do this in Texas to children. And to think people in America, for most of human history, we didn't do this anywhere. I mean, in the world, we did not have young people transitioning. We, we didn't even, think about that. And now it's become, it's, it's morphed from a very, you know, very, very rare and, and and troubled situation to what is being posited as this is the norm. Everybody knows. Everybody transitions. So three things to tell you about Texas. One is I sent you, hey, uh, Mr. Emilio, remember I sent you this thing? Yeah. Okay. So I sent him, this is what's happening in Texas. So this bill, you would assume, because in Texas, we, generally speaking, have we have a Republican legislature. Virtually everyone who runs as a Republican tells you, oh, yes, I, I, you know, I'm a strong Christian. I'm a conservative. Yeah, yeah. So they have this bill down there. So when they have a bill pending, they have uh, they have people able to come to the legislature and testify. So you, any citizen, you can sign up ahead of time and say, I want to testify for or against this particular bill. So Amelia, you can know, put that one bill up. If you put one slide up, I'll show you. This is, a, I, I took a screen grab of my friend's, um, no, this one. Sorry, we're, we're not on a good page today. This one, yeah, okay. Um, okay, I sent it to you via email. I'll just tell you, all right. So here's what it is. So in this hearing uh, it, at the legislature, they had for the bill, so if you're for the bill, you're for protecting children. Only 67 people signed up to be for that bill, 67 to be against the bill, against the bill, 1,065. So basically way over 10 to one, allegedly, way over 100 to one, we have people in Texas signing up to stand up for gender mutilation of children. Just to try to prevent the legislature from protecting children. Now I'm telling you, that's not real. That is not what is happening. That is not what is really occurring in the minds of Texans. But this is how leftism works. This is how Marxism works. they st- I don't even know if all these people are real. But the legislators sitting down there trying to decide, vote yes, vote no, see those kind of numbers. And they're thinking, shoot, I guess everyone loves gender transition for five-year-olds. Why not? You know what? I don't want to argue with the people. That's what they want. The second thing is, and this is a uh, Mr. Amelia. We're having a communication issue today. But, you know, I sent you a... Um, it is a a single slide, a single slide. Yeah, there you go, okay. So happy listeners in Texas. The comment period on this bill, the comment period on this bill, uh, which is again, the number is HB 1686, is open until Friday. If you're watching this show online, you can see I've put up a, a URL. You can click on that URL and it takes you to the comment page So you have until Friday to submit a comment. And I'll tell you for our radio listeners, if you're listening online, you you can't see me. The URL is just https, you know, colon, slash, slash, tinyurl. I made a tinyurl.com, slash, 2P8SJZZB. I'll say it again. HTTPS, slash, slash, tinyurl.com slash 2P8SJZZB. Okay, you can come back to me. So if you wanna make a comment, you can still do that. I, you know, I don't get involved in the state lobbying very much because my show's more national and because I'm working all the time on my show, but this is an issue. It shouldn't even be complicated for adults to recognize that we shouldn't let five and 10 year olds in this craze that has descended on America and literally just the last couple of years all of a sudden let a very young people who many of them young enough to believe in santa claus but they're they're supposedly mature and self-aware enough to know that they ought to transition themselves from one gender to the other this is a protect children bill a protect children bill very different if you're an adult whole different set of issues but as a child this bill is trying to get the legislators legislators to support this um just pass this bill. It's amazing to me in the state of Texas, it's actually a battle, but it is. And wherever you are um, in your um, state, you may have this issue pending in your legislature. I think it's up to four states have now done this to say we're gonna stop this attack on, on children. And really the entire transgender movement, instead of you thinking of it as, as a freeing movement to help young people be free, you have to understand It is an attack on the innocence of our children, an attack on the sanity of our children. The movement itself is the problem. Individuals, a tiny number of individuals who may really have serious, I mean, if you take out the people who are swayed by the endless cascade of advocacy for transgenderism that is just filling the public schools in America, if you take away that, and just a young person arriving at that conclusion on their own is a minuscule number. And those people, they do need care. They need love. They need counseling. They need help. They do not need our society indulging in what they have uh, are now thinking when they're really too young to even figure out if Santa Claus exists. Okay, you know we only have a few minutes left, so I'm just going to say this. Uh, i again skip our CBDC topic. I'm going to get to it, I swear, but I, I really wanted to get to that uh, issue about the um, transgendering um, advocacy crowd because I think it's really important for thinkers to think beyond just are you, know, are you in favor of helping these poor children or, or are you trying to hurt them by you know by um, preventing these transgender procedures, uh, drugs and procedures and hormones and such. You really are part of protecting children and the innocence of life when you stop this Movement. When you protect the, these parents and children from this this just onslaught of advocacy for transgenderism that has become, you know, it's the current trendy thing um, to talk about. And these last few minutes, I'm going to just tell you um, we have a couple of minutes left. I'm going tell you about two uh, ways you can support this show. On this show, I have told you. I'm going to tell you again that you can support this show because many people tell me they want to do it. So one way to support this show is to go to mypillow.com mypillow.com. And at that website, you will find a large number of very high quality products, just great products. My husband and I buy these products. I wouldn't advocate them to you if I didn't use them myself. But when you go to mypillow.com and order pillows and sheets and towels and and blankets and bathrobes and slippers and pajamas, just all sorts of great stuff. So go shopping at mypillow.com. And when you're checking out, Use the promo code Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G, Debbie G. You will get up to 66% off, and I will get a small payment from MyPillow for your purchase. It's a way to support the show, get great stuff delivered right to your home. Go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code Debbie G. Also, if you want to support the show, the other way is to consider shifting your phone service if you have a cell phone and everyone in america does you can shift your phone service away from whoever your provider currently is whoever your current provider currently is to patriot mobile And if you go to patriotmobile.com we have that patriotmobile.com on that website you will find they provide stellar service you can switch your phone service to Patriot Mobile at patriotmobile.com. Put in patriotmobile.com slash Debbie G, D-E-B-B-I-E-G. Shift your service over there. It's a great company. And you, when you go to that company, you will discover that they make all of their donations, all charitable donations to causes you would love. Same great self-coverage because they use the same cell towers all the other companies use. But when you switch to them, you'll know that you are safely going to have your dollars being donated to causes you would agree with. So patriotmobile.com slash Debbie G. And you will also, when you use Debbie G, they will waive your activation fee. So check it out. Switch your service. My husband and I did and hope you will too. Okay. So we close out the show every single day by telling you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. So we started our show. Seems like a long time ago we started our show. But um, O'Keefe strikes uh, Democrat Act Blue. um, Folks are in trouble here. Parent money laundering. James O'Keefe. Has moved on from Project Veritas but remains active in undercover journalism exposes. O'Keefe's latest Act Blue, a prolific Dem fundraising organization, appears to be using senior citizen and other Democrat donors to launder money from other sources and direct it to Democrats, potentially as explosive as O'Keefe's early work that exposed and dismantled Acorn. Unaudited, unaccountable trillion dollar spending by the federal government, Uniparty has long been suspected as including massive laundering of such spending to favored political groups. O'Keefe's work may ultimately expose a huge criminal enterprise in the Democrat Party, in the Uniparty, and the government itself. And then next we talked about uh texas to-do list save the children trans ideology and militants appears more and more to be um enemy uh, engineered propaganda attack on america sudden appearance and massive spread of trans ideology is utterly abnormal artificial trans wasn't a thing even five years ago now it dominates the news cycle trans movement complaining of u.s genocide against them is preposterous and totally unfounded but it has stirred and is steering mentally ill people toward violence against Christians. Texas bill protecting children from surgical mutilation, encountering orchestrated leftist opposition. ACWT listeners use the link at I'll say it one more time. HTTPS colon slash, slash tinyurl.com slash two P eight S J Z Z B to comment. Texas legislators must recognize the left attack on America and Texas is focused on destroying Christianity and the family. Refuse to be intimidated by any leftist mob. Texans do not support mutilating children. Stand firm in their faith. Slavery is wrong even if a majority supports it. So is the mutilation of children. Stay there for one second. I did think about how you would expect legislators no matter how many people gave testimony, you expect Christian or just ethical legislators to know slavery is wrong and we're always going to vote against it. It's the same way with the transgender movement. We need to understand it's wrong and we've got to stop it. And again, I ran out of time for my last topic for today, which was going to be the CBDC. Huge topic. We'll have to get to that on Monday. Tomorrow on the show, Thursday, we have our very special guest, Mark Fulmer, author of an extraordinary blockbuster book that basically runs through the Wuhan. Uh, lab, the release of the COVID-19, the SARS virus, and its ties to China and its ties to the Great Reset. The COVID as a vehicle to bring on the Great Reset, brilliant writer, brilliant thinker, uh, knows of of what he speaks. So that's tomorrow, Thursday. Tune in for Mark Fulmer. And also, I just want to thank every single one of you for listening to America Can We Talk? I do this show, America Can We Talk, every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to speak truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time.
1: America Can We Talk? Truth about America.